Hey everybody, welcome to the 30th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. So we have got a banger of an episode for you this month. I, I, f- I feel like we always promise this, but this one is a slamming for sure. Yep. <laughs> Shit, it is exceptional. Uh, just some fucking really good releases in the month of January and February. But before we get started on that, um, I just want to let everybody know we've got a couple shirts available online. It was going to be some exciting news. We, we mean just of- a couple, too. <laughs> yeah, we, we did a run of 50, but they've... Uh, They've all but sold out except for a small and medium, but nonetheless, you can find those on our big cartel, and I'll try to leave the link for that in our description. Uh, this would be the MathCore Index shirts, not the MathCast shirts. Exactly, exactly. Thank you for establishing that. This is the 2009 original logo designed by Keith Carlson, who uh, also does stuff for Sheep's Clothing. And uh, he actually was the uh, the founder of the Apparatus, which is a great message board. Back that the was the other mm-hmm. thing. Damn, rest in peace, that one. Yeah, totally. That was like an essential source for music back in the day. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, if anybody else is interested in shirts, let us know, because um, we might go ahead and make some more. Apparently, we need to do more extra larges this next time, because there's already like five or six people asking about them. Wait, XLs and larges sell in metal? <laughs> That's so fucking cr- I didn't know that, dude. Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, I'm glad we only did five smalls, I'll just say that. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Sarcasm. Apparently we're large people. I don't know. <laughs> You'd figure it'd be a bunch of small, meek nerds, but evidently not. Oh, there's a few of those out there. That's why the small's already sold out. Bless their hearts. <laughs> Maybe some youth larges, too, next time. I was going to say. So, uh, one other thing, too. want to plug our YouTube channel. Uh, we've got some great video content lined up there, interviews, etc. So, please do us a favor and smash that subscribe button. And, as always... Also subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. And here at the end of the episode, we've got a special surprise for you as well. We've got an interview with uh, Michael Tony of Black Matter Device. So at the end of the episode, you can uh, look forward to that. So now we got all that shit out of the way. Uh, the first band that we're going to talk about is The Wind in the Trees. The Wind in the Trees are a three-piece mathcore band from Baltimore, Maryland, featuring uh, the homie David Gill, who is the guitarist of the Heads or Zeros. And that was uh, one of my favorite underground bands that I used to write about several years ago. Christian, you and I both have a special place in our heart for this band. So good. Uh, every, everything that he's been involved in has been excellent. Lilu Dallas was the other project, if I'm recalling correctly. Uh, I think also from the same area. So, uh, But this is a new band, though. Uh, only member of the... Of the okay. Yeah. Okay. Only person from the... Uh, the other members are from bands that... Uh, from the names I don't recognize. Um... But yeah, what I really love about this release is that they didn't pull the typical underground band move of releasing a bunch of EPs and split EPs, which I know is like a rite of passage for most bands, but they've already been through all that in their older projects. So instead, they released a monster 13 track of an album. And fuck, it is it is so good. Uh, it's, it's one of the best releases of the year so far, hands down. It's amazing that this is a three-piece. It just excites me so much that there's so much power behind it, too, you know? Like... Mm-hmm. You put your phone on silent. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, as, as you expect from as you would expect from David, rather, this is a. It's very similar to the Heads or Zeros in that I think what Levi was saying, like that super thick, like low end type riffs that they do. Oh, so this is so pummeling. So low end. This band reminds me a lot of a Secret Cutter for that reason. Uh, it really took. Uh, there was just the 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 higher register vocals. Um, just kind of brought me this like elements of like grind and everything too. Um, I, honestly, dude, this this the vocals especially, yeah, very yeah. sawtoothy. Uh, 
Or you really saw toothy? Yeah, yeah. Sunsets. Um, I would say maybe clinging, you know, to the trees, kind of like Ethan's older stuff a little bit. You know, just that. I just like that 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 more grindy vocals. It just sounds great, man. God, just the riffs are again thick, pummeling, technical, just one after the other. Tons of artificial harmonics and slides, and uh, man, the only time it relents is the feedback and electronics between songs. Really. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I said a three piece. I'm. I think it's a three-piece. It I, is, yeah. Okay, because uh, it was just I was going off the picture, and I just have a note here that says, looks like a three-piece. God, I hope it's a three-piece. So, yeah. <laughs> David, of course, records the bass um, on their studio albums, too, though. Fucking love it. Um, you know, uh, typical question. I just want to know your favorite track, if you have one on this one so far. Hellbound by far. You know what? Um, I be... Uh, uh, I become darkness is mine, but once again, it's 13 tracks of. You can't go wrong. Yeah, I mean every track. Is, yeah, uh, it's great, man. Um, please do give it the full listen, everyone. Yeah, it's it's a massive, massive debut of an album. And also, uh, dude, the wind in the tree started to interrupt. Uh, uh, it just sounds like an like a doom band, like 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 a really like instrumental That's like. Fair. So, anyways, I'm glad that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that off his chest. <laughs> um. Yeah, just so glad to see another sick Baltimore band popping up again. We've got Noises and these guys now, so it's just it's just rad to see their their scene kind of popping off right now. So uh, I think we should listen to Hellbound. Boom. And uh, Hellbound is track eight from The Wind in the Trees' new album, A Gift of Bricks from the Sky, and that came out uh, on February nineteenth of twenty nineteen. Here we go. That is just obnoxiously good. So that was uh, Hellbound by The Wind and the Trees. And uh, that's off their debut album, A Gift of Bricks from the Sky. And that came out on February 19th of 2019. Yeah, we played track eight on a 13-track thing to show you guys. What that's how it? good it is. What's going on? Yeah, it wasn't track one or two, so whatever. You can just tell me, we really got in there. <laughs> so the next man I'm going to talk about, I didn't mean for that to sound Yeah, crazy. No, I did. I, I am. Whew. Okay, you were on the... Yeah, I'm on that. Anyway, moving on. So next we're going to talk about Dim into Dross. That's a D-I-M into Dross, D-R-O-S-S. And they are a mathcore quintet from New Jersey. 
featuring the homie Joe, who runs a choke artist and also plays drums in Invalids and in Angles. Whoa, mm-hmm. got a, got a talented drummer here. Absolutely, and um, a real fucking scene, real important person in the scene for sure. Choke artist does good stuff. Um, and Dimmon to Dross are one of the new bands that uh, just really takes me back to like the 90s and early 2000s, which we've totally Thank established is not a bad thing. Thank you, dude. Yep, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. Doesn't it just take you like right back to like 2001? Yeah, uh, just like this kind of like uh, just like this raw, hardcore, screamy uh, thing going on. Just um, I'm not really sure why it was taking me here, but just gave me such like a heavy graph or lock feel. Um, I mean, without the, you know, inserts and shit like that. Um, just a lot of aggression. Uh, the lyrics are fucking awesome. Thank you for posting the lyrics. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I, I got to say, um, it's basically like I, I, I have exactly that. I'm saying mid 90s, uh, early 2000s. There it is. What were you saying about the lyrics, Levi? Because Levi likes to read the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like, I like to read the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, um, we. <laughs> as you can see, Levi likes to read the lyrics. I can't believe you had that queued up. Well done, bud. Huh. Um, I, no, I was a little slow on it, but that was good. But yeah, Dimmons Dress, uh, I was going to say it reminds me a lot of fucking botch, Curl Up and Die. Oh, yeah. There we go, Curl Up and Die. Absolutely. Early Every Time I Die. Maybe a little bit of Heavy, Heavy, Low, Low, who are both probably influenced quite a bit by botch. You know what we're saying. Yeah, I mean, just clearly New Jersey knows what's up. I just, I feel like there's a plethora of good bands out there just popping up left and right. And naturally, this was recorded at Backroom Studios, uh, where inside the Beehive recorded Drink Bleach Live Forever. And that's also owned by uh, Kevin, as many of us know from uh, Kevin and Teresa of the Dillinger Damn, Escape Plan. Damn, homie, doing the research here. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, once Real again, uh, uh, just love that it's a three-piece. Just a lot of just force and awesome just power here, and it's just a three-piece. No, Makes this me... is a four-piece. Is it? Yep. No, uh, this is a five. Excuse me. This is a, a five-piece. Shut the fuck up. All right. Well, you guys. Two breasts and a wing. Y'all still cool <laughs> in my book. I just thought you were a three-piece. Hey, it's, all, it's okay. All right. Yeah. Um. So anyway, now that we've established how many fucking members are in the band, what track do you want to listen to, Levi? Honestly, dude, um, I I have no track for these guys. Uh, it was really hard to pick one. Um, I have a, quite a few bands on here that it was really hard for me to pick. And this episode, yeah, we'll do episode then. Yeah, um, honestly, like this is a the, once again, this episode has a lot of bangers, and um, I'm fucking just down with anything. Cool. So uh, we'll listen to track two, which is episode then yep. from Demon's Dross's new album, Specters of Indifference. And that came out on January 19th of 
All right, so that was Episode by Dimond Dross, and that's track two from their new album, Specters of Indifference, which came out on January 19th. So next we're going to talk about Rotting in Dirt. Rotting in Dirt are a three-piece hardcore band from, well, I couldn't exactly determine where they hail from, but their album was mastered by Jamie King, who was in the, uh, between the barrier to me, so if I had to make an educated guess, I'd say North Carolina. Hmm. Um, and uh, Rotting in Dirt released a single last year and just released their debut EP Dredge last month in its five tracks of dark dissonance and uh, well, chaotic metalcore. Dark darkness. <laughs> None more black. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, just got that fucking cult leader feel for sure, man. Dude, nitty gritty. Just those like lumbering, like low end riffs that just are, are punctuated with moments of dissonance. Yep. And it's, yeah, like cult leader, dark, disgusting, evil sounding. Uh, just punishing too. I really appreciate the fact that they know when to like exercise some volume dynamics and kind of like give you a break from the wall of sound. I, I, and that's really all I have for this is just, that is just a wall of darkness here. Um, I, it was, it was a pleasure to listen to. It was just, it was kind of like, um, I got the feel, uh, Oh, what's, uh, what's the other wall of sound? Um, uh, the dude from dead, uh, dead in the dirt. Oh, Infernal Coil. Infernal Coil. That is like, that's Blake the, is who you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, quote you, it's pretty much anti-music where this, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, it, it was nice that it was like the wall of sound, but there was like breaks in there as well. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. They, they know how to exercise some dynamics, which really, again, reminded me of, um, on the note of Cult Leader in Gaza, it reminded me of Femur quite a bit, who we discussed previously. Yep. Uh, last episode or the one? No, the one before. It I think was, it was like episode 28. 28. Yep, yeah. it was. And again, they display a very similar style in that same kind of like measured way that's uh, well, compositionally and dynamically speaking anyway. It's very measured. Yep. And uh, God, I just really love the way that last song starts too. It's like fucking catchy. Um, so I was thinking that we should listen to uh, The Aviary actually on that note, which is track I was going to say, so we just, yeah, Perfect. cool. Oh. Great, we'll do that. So we're going to listen to The Aviary, which is... Track five from Rotting and Dirt's new album, which came out on, uh, what is that album called? Dredge. And that came out on January 30th of 2019. Actually, I hate to be a cock tease there. Instead, we're going to listen to Thirst. I'm sorry, executive decision here. Because I feel like the aviary just takes a bit too long to like pay off. Yeah, we, we run this podcast. We Yeah, we're going to change the song. We don't care. He was a part of that decision. Wait, oh, I, yeah, I was. So, sorry, everyone. <laughs> so we're going to listen to Thirst instead. Here we go.
right, so that was um, that was Thirst by Rotting in Dirt, and that's off their new album Dredge, which came out on January 30th. And again, I just got to say, I love the way that that last track, The Aviary, starts. It's just so fucking catchy. And uh, I wanted to say that if you don't like this band after listening to tracks four and five, you probably just don't get it. So mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Absolutely, yeah, don't, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, th- I think this is one of the more uh, to the last second switches that we've ever had where we've kept it in you know like, right like we just have to listen to cover like, this band. you know you know what ah fuck it like <laughs> that was like half the lineup on this episode we just like spontaneously moved them all up because they were so good like i don't want to be behind covering really exceptional shit that like just dropped because then we're going to look like we're behind the curve yep yeah we're trying to keep up appearances here <laughs> we got scene cred you know <laughs> we are busy people dude i don't know what to tell you <laughs> all right so uh moving on Next, we're going to talk about For Your Health. And uh, For Your Health are a hardcore band from, let's see, where are they from? I think they're from Ohio. They are. I'm pretty sure. Right. And uh, as near as I can tell, For Your Health started in 2017 with an EP, and they just released their new EP in January via Middleman Records called Nosebleeds. Uh, and Middleman puts out some really great stuff, by the way. Fuck yeah. They're from Michigan? The, uh, do you know what it would make sense but i don't i, don't I know, know it's midwest sure. yeah way. it's midwest um uh once again midwest labels fuck yeah hell yeah just mm-hmm. pumping out some fucking awesome rad weird sassy screamy hardcore hidden gems and diamonds that you're all able <laughs> to find 10 years later on youtube when something is suggested to you it. and you're like whoa when was this wait what like you know that kind of thing anyways <laughs> if i had a nickel for every time yeah, yeah right dude you know it's not midwest but secretary was one of those bands that i just like was not really aware of when they were active and then like 12 you know 14 years after the fact i'm like oh this is a fucking sick band i mentioned this before but i think like a lot of us out there uh the clever girl uk mm-hmm. that was one that like was suggested numerous Piglet. times and if, i think if you even go on the youtube suggestion uh, on the youtube uh, like on that specific one on the comments most people are like yeah i just finally had to click on it because youtube kept suggesting it to me and this was like years ago <laughs> yeah and that stupid cover too it's just well, they, do you know what? That uh, turned me off. Do you know what? If you actually uh, go on, I, I believe they're on Spotify, but they've uh, updated, the, the band has actually updated that the, the, the cover of that. They've reissued the art since. Which yeah. is amazing that you all still care enough that you want it to look good and everything. I know you guys aren't making music, but it's like, that's cool. Like, had to just, you know, refurbish it a little bit there. Right. Yep. Um, um, I got to say with For Your Health, uh, can't believe you guys got that name. Well done. Right. I, that's such an obvious, like, funny, hilarious Tim and Eric reference. Just- yep kudos it, it's so funny because like Steve in this in this in this day and era like it's like that name tells me that like oh they're a newer band because like <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's just it's weird that like, oh they like anti-humor yeah you associate like tv that's so weird anyways um but uh aside from their name though um i i like these raw recordings i guess like very raw for recordings the, I, live I guess, sounding almost. i like the rawness of the raw recordings i guess so <laughs> that's not redundant <laughs> yeah not at all it's all good um but uh yeah just just a big fan pretty simple sh- uh short and sweet with these guys yeah i mean on, as much as they are like sassy hardcore as i was trying to describe earlier they definitely have like a raw sort of unpolished live recording sound that recalls like a screamo sound goddamn right dude goddamn frankly. right especially towards the end of the ep it really like shifts from from hardcore to screamo Yep, uh, the sassiness is such is so well balanced in this. Like it's not too much, um, and you can do that. I feel. Yeah, um, and it, it was actually really recalling heavy Lolo for me too. Uh, d- duh, absolutely, absolutely. If you don't like heavy, heavy Lolo, you can get the fuck out. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how i tell you <laughs> yeah on, and on that note uh it certainly reminded me of bands that followed in their wake like duck duck goose pollution people see you space cowboy uh, <clears throat> and gift from god but yeah uh the vocalist really reminded me of robbing on these re- robbie on these recordings which is a compliment you know because that vocal mm-hmm. performance is just like pretty unhinged also reminded me of intercourse quite a bit from connecticut oh yeah yeah okay so um we're going to listen to My Bedroom Has Been Crushed by a Falling Plane Engine. Mm. Great Donnie Darko reference there. Oh, yep. And uh, that's off their new EP, Nosebleeds, which came out via Middleman Records January 28th of 2019. Here we go. Uh, what are we going to uh, And what if you could go back in time and take all those hours of pain and darkness and replace them with something better? Images or what? Yeah, like... is a Right, so that was My Bedroom Has Been Crushed by a Falling Plane Engine by For Your Health, and that's off their new EP, Nosebleeds, which came out via Middleman Records January 28th of 2019. Short and sweet. Yep. Love it. So next we're going to listen to Bury Yourself. Bury Yourself are a hardcore band, mathcore band, quintet rather, from New Jersey. Got that hardcore feel. I, I see where you're going there. Yeah. It's all good. Um, much like Dim and Dross, very similar. Could say a lot of the same things we just said about them. Um, and Bury Yourself uh, just released their debut EP last month. And honestly, it's not surprising. I mean, again, as I, as I said, I could say a lot of the same things as we just were discussing with Dim and Tadros. Uh, they sound like Botch, Caven, but they're kind of more like on the post-hardcore leaning sort of spectrum, I, I feel, too, as well. Kind of gave me a, some, like sometimes uh, the the speed and kind of like punk aggression of it kind of gave me this feel from uh, like Punch. You're familiar with Punch? Is that a... F- yeah, you damn you <laughs> fucking yeah. What are you gonna say? You gonna, you gonna fuck? Yeah. Anyone? Anybody want to know what we're talking about? Revert to fucking episode twenty nine. <laughs> Sorry, fucking throw yeah, me under the bus. Say you son of a bitch. You ain't throwing me under the bus. Fucking <laughs> boom. Um, but uh, so I gotta say, um, I I got uh, so they describe themselves as bite core, <laughs> tight, confused, love it, whatever. Bite core, uh, bite core, pretty tight. Uh, the the cover of this is like 
Levi's some... are rollerbladers. Now you're now you're rivals with Levi. Yeah, we're forever. Actually, in the skate park, we're we're comrades. Everybody oh, okay. hates us too. Rollerbladers yeah. and, and bike bikers. People. We're not allowed at a lot of places together. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Nope. Sorry. <clears throat> so, do you guys uh, shred the narbone together? Uh, every, yeah, brother. Everybody hates rollerbladers and bikers. They got the the, the pegs and stuff. And I don't know. We're both just hated on certain. Do things. kids still say that? Shred the narbone? Huh? Did they ever say that? <laughs> they do now. They're, this is gonna catch on to those hundred kids that listen to this. I'm I trying to make what. juiced catch on again right now. That's my uh, my whole mission. Forget about stoked can you forget not? about chuffed uk people we're saying juiced now <laughs> can we not just god always with the juice just always, yeah, just keep it juicy yeah just fucking everything um so uh, uh, the, uh the track uh cycles uh once again on the note probably of bikes and everything uh it <laughs> gave me this amazing satia feel um just uh and if anybody wants to understand what I'm saying, just go to this track. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it just took me right to Seisha. Um, great, like kind of like screamo buildup, I guess. It for would for be. those of us who don't know, you want, why don't you tell them who was in Seisha? Everyone, <laughs> uh, members of Hot Cross. Um, pretty much, uh, if anybody wants to know, yes, members of Hot Cross. Pretty much. I, I thought it was like members of uh, Orchid too. Am I totally mistaken on that? Seisha, I honestly don't know like the original root members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I more know like who was in like other bands after Seisha, I guess. That's what we talk way too much about fucking Screamo on this Mathcore podcast. It's ridiculous. Well, whatever. (laughs) I want to talk about Screamo a little bit. Anyways, Seisha. No, (laughs) fucking um back to what I was saying. Yeah. But uh, but honestly, dude, uh it it just gave me such a great like uh I I mean on that math core thing, but just also just a great like just raw punk feel. Um really big fan of this. Uh just really digestible, fast and sweet, this whole album was. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's solid. So uh, I think we should listen to uh, Leveler. Agreed. Cool. And uh, Leveler is track six from Off Yourself, which is uh, a little confusing considering the name of the band is Bury Yourself. So Also have that note. I, I yeah, anyways. I, I, I yeah, I, scri- I scribbled it out about to wrote the title. Yeah, you guys are giving me a fucking headache while I was trying to pull up your social media in Bandcamp <laughs> earlier. I was still, I was looking for the band Off Yourself the whole time. And I just kept thinking of Duck, Duck, Goose. Because, you know, we, we smoke the weed and then we, we do the thing and then she's like, it's confusing And then brain sometimes. no work, right? Yeah, dude, it's weird. So, um, again, Leveler by uh, Bury Yourself, and that came out on January 21st. January 24th, actually, of 2019. Weed. Here we go.
All right, so that was Leveler by Bury Yourself, and that's off their new album, Off Yourself, which came out on January 24th of 2019. So next we're going to talk about Orchid. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> well, hold on one second. So Orchid started back in 2011. Oh, did they? <laughs> give, me, give me a second. We'll get to it. Um, but apparently didn't release their first album Excuse me, until 2016, which I actually remember that album making the rounds back then. And uh, last month, they released their second full-length album, Miasma. So <laughs> there's a couple problematic things here that we're just going to go ahead and address immediately. One, they share a name with two much more established bands with the name Orchid, which is mm. obvious to most of us. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they were even debating changing the name to Man-Eating Orchid to avoid any problems as well. And two, the name of the album is a Black Dahlia Murder album, but I suppose that one's far more forgivable. That's definitely forgivable. Right. Uh, I feel like song titles and album titles are, you know, I mean, at some point you got to, I mean, it, it is what it is, whatever, man. Or maybe you're just not even listening to the band. So so here's my one thing about this. All right. So everybody, here we come. Screamo. We're talking about it again. <laughs> here we are Fucking again. You asked for it. So um, uh, I... Screamo cast coming soon. <laughs> so so Orchid, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a 90s Screamo band. Um, and then I... I guess like my, I was going to give them the benefit of the doubt here and maybe this band is so new and they are from another country. Maybe fucking they, they, they're into music, they're into underground music and they just hadn't fucking gotten to Orchid yet. I mean, that is so easy to understand. I mean, fuck man. Uh, some dude told me about Jesus. It's not obvious. It's like, oh, Metallica, fucking Anthrax, Orchid. Dude, I learned about Jesus Lizard last fucking November. Like, I mean, it's not that, I mean, in it's just you know what i'm saying like i mean sometimes you just don't hear about things or you know yeah i didn't watch the godfather you know that kind of thing like i so i that's where i stand with this i'm not going to give <laughs> this band any shit it just i'm telling you as far as like digest digestion as far as me being an underground music person and then i'm looking for more underground music and things like that it's just like wait orchid and it just hurts my brain that's all well uh i think a lot of our people who follow the page had the same reaction it was making some fucking heads explode certainly so, yeah so for all of you that are out there um math core index christian runs that completely he's very active on it i myself i partake in none of it i just i'm not that good at facebook and social media as far as that so i'm always just like on the podcast and that's about it but like i don't even have a facebook account until like fucking 2014 basically yeah and even now i'm I'm just dog shit with it but uh uh i i haven't seen the comments on what you're talking about but i can only imagine what that would be in the myspace revival page or any or you know in the dillinger compound you know things like that like it's I just don't want to give this band any shit because I did listen to music. It's fucking great. It's great music. Yes, um, exactly. You know, however, you know, despite, despite having that recycled name, this is still a great album. And yeah, it should we, definitely be heard by everybody who likes Mathcore. Actively, right now, I'm dropping the organ conversation. I'll move on to, like, the actual music. So it's great. Like, kind of like, fuck, man. I would describe it as, like, kind of like mathy, like, prog death kind of Absolutely. thing going on. Very, like, very proggy on the spectrum. Like proggy mathcore. Yeah. Know? Um. There was just like, there was like these like jazzy moments too that just Full like. on jazz interludes. Yeah. You goddamn right, dude. Um. So this was, this was amazing. Um. And I like the, the artwork for your, both your releases so far, it's obviously the same artist, which I do like the, I like that you stick with the same artist. I don't know if it's a relationship, somebody's in the band, but I just, it, it helps me when I like, it's almost like, you know, we're going back to black doll, black doll, you murder in the, in the title, black doll, you murder has the same style of artwork every time. So it's like, it's well, just, except for Miasma, which is a picture of Detroit. Boom. Yeah. But that one separates itself in its own way. That's the best album. You're goddamn right, sir. <laughs> Fucking, uh, so uh, <laughs> it's me. I'm wrong. You can't. 
Oh, I like that. That's good. Uh, but on that note, dude, um, this is another band. I couldn't find a specific track. It was just a great listen. Um, it actually grabbed me. A, I had to listen to this album twice to kind of make my notes because it was so much on the death metal side. I wasn't ready for that for this podcast that I had to like go back and make sure I wasn't being a little biased or anything, you know? Would, and also with the orchid name, it hurt mm-hmm, my brain a little totally. bit, so I had to fucking shake that off, you know? Yeah, again, you should you should not let that preconceived notion or bias uh, prevent you from enjoying this album. Shed those notions and enjoy it, because uh, they play a style of mathcore that really crosses over into early BT BAM territory. Um, very proggy, just with the, speaking like about the riffs. And it's a fun record. There are a lot of moments that really reminded me of the Silent Circus and Alaska, especially. Wow. Yeah, if that ties it together for you. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a mathcore band with prog elements. Um, I've said that like four times now, but so, that's what I'm trying to say more concisely. So Facebook person over here, um, with the comments and everything, did they respond like why they their name was just Orchid? Yeah, I, as you said, they just didn't they didn't know. They didn't know. Dude, awesome. Fucking great. That's but that's fucking awesome. Now, they haven't changed the name yet. So, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Should they change the name? Do they need to change the name? Um, I, I feel like at this point, it's it's totally up to them because... I feel like it's done. They should just keep the fucking name. And well, Orchid's Orchid. And hey, let's be real, everybody. Orchid definitely isn't fucking around. And even if you look up like the Screamo band Orchid, when were they ever easy to find? When were they ever easy to find on a, on like a, a music platform until like now? I'm not going you know to continuously saying? self-reference my own band, but you know... Been I've been in a band that was had a name that was used by a fucking ton of other more notable acts, and let alone named of a fucking state. Yeah. So and are not a state, a, a continent. fucking a continent. I kept thinking Alaska because we're talking about between the buried and me. Right. That's Jesus fair. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> a landmass, if you will. Ah, uh, the state of Antarctica. I tell you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the state of Jefferson. This weed's good, man. I tell you. <laughs> well, um, you said that you didn't have a track, but I do. I was thinking we should listen to a solipsist. Okay, I'll believe you, man. I didn't have one, so yeah. Sick. And that's uh, track three from their new album, Miasma, and that came out on January 10th of 2019. Here we go.
Alright, so that was Solipsist by Orchid. And that's track three from their new album, Miasma, which came out on January 10th. And one last thing about that. They really, some of the songs are very ambitious. Some of them clear like six and seven minutes, I think. Like there's there's a lot to digest with that album. Give it, just give it a try, but yeah. Orchid, Yeah, Miasma. again, don't let, don't let the name thing hold you back. Yep. Give it a listen. So next we're going to talk about Mutiny Abroad. Mutiny Abroad are a hardcore mathcore band from New York. And they've released three EPs since 2014, and this most recent one we're talking about today is their last, unfortunately. This is one of those newer bands that is just very much following in the footsteps of uh, Every Time I Die. You know? Boom, nailed that one. I mean, given where they're from, it makes perfect sense. They're from New York. so. Yeah. Uh, Christian was... Christian was a little bit more on the fence about it. Um, just like recently, you know, just since this was going to be their finishing album. But honestly, and not in know, terms of quality, but just when when I hear a band is ending, it's just like it's bittersweet. It sucks. Um, but I, I feel like we on this podcast, we just we were covering sick underground music, right? So it's like we're we're covering this band. So it's so I, I got to say, I was a big, yeah, I was a big fan of this man. Um, I in the every time I die style, I felt like the vocal range was there, the lyrics damn good lyrics really like like what this guy wrote so that was tight um it seemed what was really interesting about this uh uh album here so correct me if i'm wrong guys but uh it's there were different band members in the sets of songs so it seems uh the you can't sit track and axe breaker uh were recorded in 2016 with an extra guitarist and a different drummer uh, and then it seems like uh, the in 2018 you guys kind of like simplified everything. Um, different drummer, uh, only one guitarist, uh, and you guys did the tracks uh, Magpie, Nightcrawlers, and the one that starts with the B. I don't even have like a, a shifting lineup. Then it seems definitely a shifting lineup. And I find it interesting that you guys that like, can be taxing. Well, I think it's I think it's kind of cool that you not only um, you gave credit to each one, but you guys decided to keep us all as one EP. Still, it wasn't like the guy like like you know two guys ultimately left and you're like yeah fuck that we're renaming everything and this is what it is and scratch everything because i mean they're all great tracks so i'm glad that you not only put the tracks out but you were honest about it and you're like oh yeah um these were in 6 2016 these are 2018 because you might get shit for that i mean depending on who's listening to it you know but i really making it more of a a compilation yeah but like what i viewed it as is like a band just being honest of like just giving credit where credit's due and giving like the band members stuff and just choosing to still put an ep out under a name the same you know moniker. the same yeah I, I liked it a lot it made it so so when i queued up on my phone i can just close my eyes and listen to the fucking music and not think about anything you know but it's just cool that you guys gave credit like that you know give credit where credit's due right boom so we're gonna listen to nightcrawlers and uh that's track two from their new self-titled ep and that came out on january 20th also this would be the track that was recorded in 2018 everybody so if you do like this track it's going to be one one. of them that was the most recent one yeah great here we go
right, so that was Nightcrawlers, which is uh, track two from Mutiny Abroad's new self-titled EP, their final EP, and it came out on January 20th. Rest in peace. R.I.P. in peace. So next we're going to talk about Dead Kiwis. We're going to revisit Dead Kiwis, I should say. Dead Kiwis are a mathcore band from Lyon, France. And uh, we've talked about Dead Kiwis before. They've appeared on one of our podcasts, uh, as well as one of our compilations, mm-hmm. which is sort of a natural thing that happens now, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, the, the revisits are, I mean, it's not like a, it's a homey thing. It's just like, yo, this band came out with another banger. Check it out. Yeah. That kind of thing. And you have to know about it because this is fucking exceptional. Yep. This is one of the, this is probably the best release of the year so far. Also, possibly some of the best album artwork I've seen this year. God, I love that 80s throwback thing that they Arcade kind of like Knight Rider ish fucking, I don't even know what's exactly, going on here. Exactly. I'm, like both those things. It's amazing. It's very 80s evocative. Yep. They make no, uh, no attempt to hide that they're embracing that aesthetic fully. Uh, and, classic classic like a hardcore thing that you do you got the one minute beautiful intro before track two rips your fucking dick off you know that kind of thing we'll talk about that in a second ah Um, okay well first i just wanted to say that they released a a full-length album back in 2014 called eponyme um which was way more straightforward yes have you listened to that yes yes so that then you know that they have come an incredibly long way and uh, I would describe their earlier stuff as, again, just way more middle-of-the-road metalcore. Not terrible, but just way more focused on, like, the southern rock breakdown elements, you know? Dude, I would totally describe this as just a natural progression. It's just a beautiful... It doesn't seem like anybody's totally went a different direction. It's just the dudes kind of listen to other things and just getting better at playing. And just this is kind of where the music went, Yeah, you know? I mean, they, they released a single later that year, too. But it wasn't until 2017 that they significantly stepped up their game. And gave us Karate Carnage, excuse me, Karate Carnage, rather. <laughs> that one. Yeah. Um, and Karate Carnage was, well, that was like one of my favorite albums of 2017. Um, I have the CD in my car right now. I still listen to it really frequently. Um, they were really nice, nice enough to send me physicals, um, a T-shirt as well, and I, I get a lot of use out of those, out of both of them. Um, and ultimately, that kind of makes me appreciate the music more. You know, as I'm being, as we always say, if you're you have the physical and you're holding it, it kind of just sort of enhances your your attachment and your connection with the album. I feel like it definitely forces you to listen to track one to the end for sure. Yeah, because you read along, you look at the liner notes, you read the lyrics. Um, So anyway, Dead Kiwis are back now with their third EP, Systematic Home Run, and everything about this album is just fucking dialed in, um, from the super sick guitar riffs and tight percussion to the vocals. uh, It's spectacular, if not short. But it's just off the fucking walls, man. Just right, you know, right around the middle of the CP, it just hits this point where it just gets my my blood rushing too. It's so like invigorating. So I think uh, an album like this, I wouldn't even call it short. I just would just call it just a nice length and digestible. You know, this kind of style of hardcore. I mean, you can only blast through so many tracks. You know, it's a whirlwind. You know, yeah. So I'm glad it's at the length that it is. Um, once again, just really digestible, really fucking awesome listen. I gotta say, I think I enjoyed this one a little bit more than the last release, which is probably oh, a it's good definitely thing, right? it's better. But um, yeah. as you were saying earlier, it's just I wish they would have integrated more of those like synthwave elements as opposed to just like using them as like cushions. So this, I mean, the synth wave you're almost expecting when you look at the album artwork, in a way, I feel, just because mm-hmm. that 80s kind of thing, and then when you hear it, you're like, oh, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such a good album, and um, they have all the qualities that I look for in a mathcore band. It's it's mathcore in its, uh, in its purest form, really. This is real mathcore. 
smoke weed every day. Oh, that one too. <laughs> That's my favorite one. There's just a great sense of, of rhythm dynamics on this record. Perfect use of accelerando and retardando. That's speeding up and slowing down with uh, just so many utterly explosive staccato parts. And let's be honest, isn't that what we're all here for? Boom. Um, I I have really nothing else to say, man, with this band. I just, um, once again, um, I'm just really stoked to see the Dead Kiwis are back with something for a second last year i thought they died off but i'm just nice to see that another mathcore band is still pumping and just you know kicking it and france just pumping out amazing mathcore bands left and right like yeah. fucking the dawn yeah yeah just their scene seems like it's popping off right now and it's a perfect blend of the dillinger escape plan the chariot and every time i die and i do not use that dillinger comparison lightly by the way i i feel like it's usually usually very hyperbolic when you hear it used by music journalists um, they're just really struggling because they hear one staccato part. But uh, I feel like this definitely lives up to the comparison. And um, they also have vinyls right now, too, by the way. And the uh, the splatter variant, the one that I got, I guess that's the only variant. Just it's beautiful. And it matches the album cover. Like the, oh, you already the have the new record? And purple. Mm-hmm. I ordered oh, it. Well, take a look at that. Okay. I, don't, I don't have it here yet, but uh, it's uh, it's coming in the mail. Okay. And, um, yeah, you can get those those vinyls on their, on their band camp. And uh, I think we should listen to rock. <laughs> they like they love using the word rock in a totally ironic sense, and it just really gets me. It's good. It's funny. Um, which is track two from Systematic Home Run. And uh, that came out on January 28th of 2019. Here we go. <laughs> Right, so that was Rock by Dead Kiwis. <laughs> and that's uh, track two from their new album, Systematic Home Run. And I really wanted to listen to La Maca. It's got a great fucking staccato part in the beginning. but He was about to switch it on y'all oh, again. I, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't be an asshole and do that twice in an episode. <laughs> They're both great tracks, though. Fucking, uh, uh, I feel like this one has that great kind of like um, 
nitty-gritty feedback before it's almost like this pause you're like wait what's gonna oh god that kind of thing it's nice it's a fucking great listen yep. this is this is a great album great ep definitely will i'm sure it'll make my urine list so next we're gonna talk about revisit rather another revisit black matter device this was a fucking great revisit dude hell yeah both of these are um and black matter device are a four-piece mathcore band from fredericksburg virginia Previously, I've said they're from West Virginia and Baltimore because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, apparently. I, I just keep associating them with Noise Says because they play shows in Baltimore all the time with them at a sidebar, I guess. So I just, I don't know why I fucking got that all conflated. Oh, Christian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> There's so many bands, you guys. I can't keep that shit straight. <laughs> it's East something. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm. Anyway, um, so we've talked about Black Minor Device previously on the podcast. We featured them on a compilation uh, and they started back in 2014 with an ep and a single the next year but last year they released modern frenetics and uh, modern frenetics was one of my favorite albums of 2018 although maybe that's not saying much if you saw my best of 2018 article i was just i loved so many releases last year um but this one was absolutely exceptional so make no mistake about that especially in terms of something that is like purely math core um and again that that album modern frenetics was an exceptional release that was very well received in our community a lot like dead kiwi's new release uh this new one is a whirlwind of an ep short but spectacular and again just definitely one of the most exciting bands in our scene coming up right now um i'm gonna kind of go i mean you covered everything so far i'm gonna kind of just go into talking about the tracks um the uh the track uh the great pyramid scheme so of, good dude it really kind of gives you the quote-unquote sass uh that it i does yes i really appreciate that um it's, it's pr- that it's that drum beat the disco drum beat that you starts in the fucking goddamn right dude and then um it really uh it, but the track that brought it home to me was a uh, uh, honest to goddess that was the fucking one it kind of like it basically like gave me like this little bit of like calculating infinity flavor mm-hmm. um with some also kind of like grind elements in all under one uh minute and nine seconds which was pretty fucking tight yeah every every song is about two minutes or less but um short and sweet everybody short and sweet and a ton of replay value much like the wind and the trees and dead kiwis i think i listened uh, the to wind, the trees, the wind the trees, and the trees the trees <laughs> you guys should just form a super group um <laughs> I've pretty much had these three albums on rotation like constantly this whole week. I, yesterday, I listened to all three of them three times, I think, individually while I was making my notes. Yep. And not even just because I needed to, but because I wanted to, because they're that enjoyable. And you can just you can blast through this EP just so fast. So it's less than 20 minutes. I think it's about 15 minutes long, actually. Um, and again, much like Dead Kiwis, I would compare this readily to the Dillinger Escape Plan, which I mentioned earlier is not a comparison that I make lightly. But they also have elements of heaviness that I would akin to Ion Dissonance um, and early Daughters, too, and, and just in terms of, like, explosiveness. Right. Yep. That, and, yeah, the Daughters thing was, like, I, I feel like just the... The, the chords, sh- too. Thank you. There we go. Cool. There we go. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the chord shapes are, are very similar to what um, Nick employs on his playing. So and that, that kind of angular playing has inspired a ton of people in our scene too I, I hear that permeating all kinds of different band sounds now who are, are not even necessarily like mathcore even um but again just one of the best releases this year so far and it's great to see another what i would describe purely mathcore band spring up in the united states because when i look at my rolodex so to speak it's looking a bit light y'all for active bands that are, are purely playing this genre this is coming from two dudes that might be trying to do a West Coast festival right now. Right. And y'all, 
<laughs> like like as far as mathcore index goes like let's talk about mathcore index there's an index of mathcore bands christian right but let's talk about functional active bands that can tour and do things right okay active, there we go everyone just, yeah active, just, active and touring i'm just gonna leave that there everybody think about it who haven't um, just released like one or two eps and then like dropped off the radar for like five years legitimately like the conversation kind of gets brought back up where uh we talk about like one to two person bands and you're like well could this ever be a thing live and da 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 da, da. well we've covered one to two per this this episode we haven't covered one one person project but still it's just it's it it, it, it sucks sometimes like especially us like we're going through the rolodex and we're like well well what about oh shit well i guess they aren't even like functioning anymore like oh shit that kind of thing like and it's right weird. and you know what? this isn't even necessarily a bad thing it's just it kind of just is what it is um as many of us know this music sort of hit its peak in like the mid 2000s what would many consider it's its peak anyway um but my personal belief is that math core is uh a subgenre that is capable of amalgamating every other type of music around it really effectively. It just soaks it up like a sponge. Um, and it's almost like a fucking meme in that it just seems to constantly bring in um, what, what's current and what, what's not current even. You can just bring in all different kinds of music to this genre. I have I have legitimate friends and uh, counterparts, co-workers, things like that that will come up to me. Constituents. Constituents. Actually, and family, like trying to... Um, uh, like talk and like uh, just like bond with me and the conversation you used to have when you were a kid like you know your cousin would come up and be like oh is this is this like metal that you is this like death metal and they show you disturbed you're like well it's not death metal like like they're, like they're trying to compare and I feel like I have people coming up to me in the same like he way screamed like screamo but I mean like, I have people in the same way come up and like wait is this math core and I'm like well and I actually can have that same conversation I'm like well it kind of is I mean we can go into and, and you actually get to explain math core to people so I mean it's definitely a, a, a genre I mean and this is coming from me where, where we do the podcast but it's i mean it's it definitely kind of soaks into everybody like you were saying it kind of like sponges different genres and everything you well, know the problem is that the, the four founders of the genre rarely acknowledge that they're a part of the genre because i mean that it's it's usually a journalistic label that is not is, is like retroactively applied the bands don't self-label totally themselves as math core almost every instance that i've encountered except for like the really like newer bands who are like okay it's cool to like fully embrace this so i hope that we embolden that sentiment where you can like yeah we're a math core band we identify as a math core band and that's fucking okay because now there's a bunch of people who actually are again still interested in this music even though it's not 2005 anymore if I was if I was not listening to this music and somebody told me that something sounded mathy, yeah, I would hate them. But that's okay. <laughs> well, it, yeah, I think that math, like mathematics people, people who study math, are like slightly put off by the genre tag. But it, if you again, do describe it though, and then time signatures, they're like, oh, okay. It's yeah, admittedly okay. pretentious. I, yeah, I get it. But yeah, I I think also that it's sort of okay to like be proud of the fact that you hold yourself to a higher compositional and like musical standard that you are better than your average player perhaps even like i realize that sort of the whole punk point is to be unrefined and like maybe not a great player but i think you can do you can capture you can, you can captivate elements of rawness and unpolishedness in this sound too and still be a technical player and still play a lot of notes you well can have said. you can have it all i mean yep. that's what that's the beauty of this fucking genre you can have it all you have it all you mean like black matter device <laughs> <laughs> that we're about to <laughs> like big man dick <laughs> i don't know 
So we're going to listen to Hurricane Photography. And uh, Hurricane Photography is track one from their new album, their new EP, Hostile Architecture. And that came out on February 22nd of 2019. Here we go. Right, so that was just, what was the name of the song? I can't even fucking remember now. Hurricane Photography, <laughs> which is track one from Black Matter Device's new album, Hostile Architecture. Great name. Uh, and that came out on February 22nd of 2019. So as we mentioned earlier, we're going to go ahead and play our interview now with uh, Michael Tony of Black Matter Device. Here we go. I'm right here with Michael Tony. Hello. Of Black Matter Device. And are you in any other bands? Uh, not currently. Not not currently? You're yeah, not in any other event? Just okay, Black cool. Matter Device. <laughs> Black Matter Device and possibly Periphery. So, <laughs> anyway, um, Michael, you and Black Matter Device just put out a fantastic EP. Uh, arguably, I'm going to say, I know it's early in the year to say, but I'm going to say one of the best EPs of the year um, called Hostile Architecture. Um, it seemed like this EP was a bit of a process, um, just based on like your social media posting and that kind of thing. Uh, can you like describe what that process was like? Uh, I mean, basically like any music we've written or I've written with any other band, um, I mean, as far as coming the, getting the songs together, like that's, you know, it just happens. But like, recording is always just grueling and awful, but the I'm, I'm happy with how it came out. It was very stressful. But it, I'm definitely stuttering a lot, but it's good. Right, yeah. Sure, sure. So, well, you did a full length last year yeah. called Modern Frenetics, um, and like just immediately after, it seemed like you were like, oh yeah, we're putting out this EP at some point. And like I remember when Modern Frenetics came out, and I was like, this is fucking good as hell. And then like you announced that you're doing another EP, I'm like, you can't be making this much good music, you motherfucker. <laughs> so, like, is the plan to just like kind of stick to that kind of release schedule or are you more just throwing things out there i mean it's a very different sound than modern frenetics too so would you and this is i'm not saying this in a negative way at all are you throwing sounds out there and see what connects with people or what connects with y'all what you like playing live you know what's what's kind of going through your head as you decide to go forward with black matter device okay so when we put out Modern Frenetics, a lot of that material we'd been sitting on for quite a long time, but um, through just various member changes or just uh, 
just all kinds of random little issues. It just took us the two years to put out. And by then, we had already written like a little bit of new material, and we had had more of an idea of what direction we wanted to go in. And um, sure, yeah, yeah. And it was like it was like you're just being like, okay, well, the next stuff that comes out is going to be really good, but the next next stuff is going to be even better, right? Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Thank you. Guest appearance on the math math core next podcast. So yeah, so it was just like immediately after you had something written. Yeah, we were already ready to go on like some of the, like even by our release show we played one of these songs at it actually like from the last year's release show. But um, yeah, um, it's not that we were trying to see what sticks or really, really anything. I'm flipping over my words still, but um, I don't know. This is just like really what I wanted to do sound wise from the start. And right, yeah, I think I'm closer to my personal vision of what I want to do now than before. I'm very happy. With Which is absolutely awesome. I mean, like, this EP, Hostile Architecture, is, like, I, I, how much shorter is it than Modern Phonetics? It's, like, it's, I mean, Modern Phonetics is, what, 12 songs? Uh, Modern Phonetics, I don't... It's 10, right? Yeah, it's, like, 10, it's, like, 10-ish songs. There's, like, some noise, so it's, like, not all songs, but um, right, yeah, sure. Yeah, new release is like twelve minutes, which is much more of what I want to be doing. <laughs> right, yeah, seven songs, twelve minutes, that yeah. quick, like mouth breather style. Like yeah, the yeah. second a song's done, you just start up the fucking next it's one. It's just short, concise. There's no filler. Like I'm much happier with what we're doing now than what we were doing a year ago. Not to say I'm not proud of modern phonetics as well, but like this is definitely what I'm trying to be doing. Right on, right on. So uh, we just—I mean, I just saw you play. Yeah. And it seems like you have an amazing uh, uh, scene here in Falls Church, Virginia, and just the surrounding Virginia areas. How does that compare to marketing, marketing yourselves online? I mean, I, f- I feel like I ask every band this, but mm-hmm. like, what's it like to see just so many people connecting with your music online, and then maybe coming here and you know, not everyone knows the songs, but people know y'all, you know, your name and stuff like that, just because they've seen it around. You know, what's where do you put your focus towards? Because, I mean, it's two completely different things almost these days. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, it's hard to get people to connect in real life to what you're doing, but through, I'd say through the power of the internet, even with me standing here with Carson right now, like, the <laughs> internet brings people together, like, online and offline, and I think through... I've always been, like, an online kind of guy, like, growing up and, like, now... You love being on the web. I love being on the web. Your favorite movie is The Web with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> if anyone remembers that film. <laughs> but yeah, um, I just try to put a lot online because I just think of a lot of stupid stuff to say, and for some reason people like that. And then, um, Yeah, memes have become marketing. Yeah, memes have gained a lot of power in the past few years. I think I was like... I was like an inch ahead of the curve like two years ago, but now everyone's doing it, so I don't know what to fucking do anymore. <laughs> right, yeah, of course. I mean, like, I know those people that were, like, just doing, like, stupid shit videos that, like... And, you know, plenty of the MySpace core bands did that, like, back in the day, and then, like, that died out, and then you got the noise promos with the metal core bands where it'd just be their logo and then, like, a <laughs> fucking guitar feedback. Yeah, exactly. But now it's just, like... Every single person, every single Instagram ad that isn't a major metalcore band signed to, you know, Rise Records or something like that is a joke. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you maybe were ahead of the curve. That You're very welcome. I appreciate that. Cool. Cool. Awesome. You have a good night. Y'all Safe travels. Well. Y'all as well. Oh, where was I? I mean, like, every other ad is a, um, every other ad is a joke. 
So yeah, at this I point, mean, it's just like all all comedy because <laughs> no one takes each other seriously. <laughs> yeah, of course not. I mean, like we've gone to a point of just like post irony that's just like it's too it's beyond return like we can't go back to just normal marketing anymore yeah. if you want to get something seen I mean, um it's, it's the age of the eric andre show but online so like <laughs> yeah and in real life if you do some shit like the eric andre show you get kicked out of venues or banned or some <laughs> shit like i mean we smash microphones all the fucking time, and that's why we invested in our own is because like shit one of these days we're gonna break something expensive um Anyway, uh, moving forward into more fun topics, who is the dream band that you would want Black Matter Device to play with? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I think it would be cool. There's a couple that I definitely would love to play with. Top two. Top two? I was going to do three, but I'll do two. Do top three. Do top three. I was going to say, like, The Chariot would be fucking awesome. Daughters, Dillinger Skate Plan. Just, like, the classics. Like, the classic crazy bands. Like, there's always, like other ones as well but like I just, right for sure I, I've grown like bands I've grown up on you know what I mean like, yeah of course yeah 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 uh, what's the band that you would least like Black Matter Device to be compared to <laughs> oh fuck oh that's a hard one there's so much music I don't like <laughs> me too me too that's fair oh man oh the Callous Dow Boys uh, you motherfucker no horrible no I'm just kidding I love those guys we just played with them but um yeah I'm in one of those I, I honestly can't answer that question cause I don't wanna I don't wanna snuff out any opportunities before they happen <laughs> nice 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 you wouldn't say like periphery or some like garbage tech metal band like that funny enough I used to be, ouch I, maybe Christian's gonna edit that out I used to be a huge periphery fan in high school I kinda grew out of it at this point but bands like that do have a place in my heart because they did introduce me to more technical music, I guess. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I'm probably going to get fucking crowd killed at the next show for this one, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Something like that, yeah, for sure. And uh, two more for you. Um, favorite song to play live? Favorite song to play live? Um, the Pointy End has always been like one of my favorites, but as, out of the newer material, Jesus Christ Alarm Clock is fucking really fun for me to do. Great song, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so what do you like about playing that one? Um, the Pointy End is just like, like the like the ending where it's just like screaming, like everyone can get down with just yelling at each other nonsense. Like there's no words, it's just ah. Right, of course, yeah. Like it's fun. <laughs> That's that's awesome. I mean, like writing something vocally that the crowd can interact with, as simple as ah, is yeah. genius. And I've always thought that about that song. Now, uh, what's the worst show you've ever played? Okay, so this band has had many iterations to this point, but um, with our first original lineup, like 2014 or 15, like different band, basically, we played a a house show. It was like three hours away. Our guitar player was like getting his brain screened for like cancer or something, so he couldn't play. Jesus Christ! Something like that. But uh, well, no, it was tumors he was looking for. He's fine. But um, so I ended up playing guitar, and my friend did vocals, even though he had like the flu. And it was this huge packed house show. And then right before our set, the entire audience left, and I like smashed a guitar and like. This is real crazy. Ah, Jesus. Those are the worst when the audience leaves. There's like a 30-second video somewhere on our Facebook probably from that still. But, uh, yeah, fuck that show. (laughs) All right, Michael, Tony, thank you so much for being uh, on the Mathcore Next podcast. Uh, Mathcast, whatever uh, this fucking show is called. Um, (laughs) 
Uh, where can we find you? You can find us on Facebook, Bandcamp, Instagram. Just follow us on Spotify for updates. And no, I'm just kidding. Just uh, Our new stuff's on Spotify now, finally, if you're curious about that. That's about it. We have a Twitter. I don't really use it. I just say, like, single words on there every once in a while. Like piss. Yeah, just like piss. Exactly. Cool. Exactly piss, actually. All right. Well, Michael Tony, thank you so much for being on the MathCast. Thanks for having me on my first, uh, I think, first interview, possibly. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, so that was our interview with Michael Tony of Black Miner Device. Fucking, uh, those, those fucking lyrics and just the vocals and everything are amazing, dude. The vocals are so strong. Um, when this one, when this one, I played this album, uh, I was just really he- happy to hear that same tone and everything, you know. Just one more time for good measure. I'm so happy he has that now. Just ecstatic, everybody. Just. <laughs> Dope that he has those. And they're on your phone, right? So they're everywhere where we go, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great. That's awesome. Cool. <laughs> when we go out to dinner tomorrow night with your girlfriend, your wife, rather, <laughs> we're going to be playing those those every drops. time. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So I guess that about wraps it up, right? We're done. Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> He's got to go. I got to go. So uh, I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back again next month with some more sick underground bands good night and stay beautiful